But before I go on with the preaching, I would like to give a few people an opportunity to share a little bit about their role as being uh, mentors here in the church, because that's what I really want to talk about this morning, mentoring. When we think about mentoring, we think about it in terms of, well, here's, a de- here's what I wrote down of when I think about mentoring. To be a mentor is to be honored with the opportunity to help form a person's life in a productive way. And I believe that the, t- that the people in whom I uh, asked to share a little bit here with you this morning, I believe they are very active in helping people to uh, form people's life in a productive way. So I would like to ask uh, PJ to come up this morning. Where you at, PJ? Okay. Um, I guess to to encourage all of you, if you don't have a member, uh, a mentor, or someone that you're mentoring, um, how it was important for me for me when I first came. Dwayne Anderson, would you please stand for a second? Kind of hard to hug. He was the one that invited me. <laughs> I'm not trying to persuade you by tears here, but it's really hard. He was so bold in the classroom to put Jesus on his folder, and I was like, "Dude, you're so not cool." <laughs> and we would have arguments in our Thai class, and he was so like a wacko guy. <laughs> Not that you are, you mean, you know, for good cause, of course, and that's what Pastor you were saying. And um, eventually, as time went by, he just kept on bugging me and bugging me and bugging me, and finally I was like, fine. And you guys, if you guys know Dwayne, he's really persuasive. <laughs> I went to the care group, and um, Dwayne and Calmany was running a care group. Calmany, would you stand up, please? <laughs> They took the time to um, follow me up. If you guys think that Calumny is just here with a lot of kids, <laughs> she has more spiritual um, love for God's people. Yeah. It's not just like, I, I told her, you know, how it's amazing how God really blessed you and Paul. You're able to have so many kids. It's like a wonderful thing that God look upon them and say, you know what? I like you guys together. Get some more kids. Here you go. So I think it's a great blessing. I think, you know, and Kami was always there to call me up or I'll, I'll call her up. And as a student, sometimes she would sneak me 20 bucks and send it by Paul. And I'm like, well, I know where this come from, but thanks, you know. And it was little things like that. It's not about money, but they knew you. And, um, and also Nali, where did she go? Out there. Anyways, she was telling me to like, um, okay, if you know Nali and Calumny, you, you know that they don't have many boyfriends. Like they, they marry their first love, you know what I mean? 
<laughs> not that they were loners. They were just like, man, I'm gun-ho for God, and I'm not settling for any, anything else. And um, Nali was like, PJ, who are you going out with? I was like, I'm a new member. And, but, you know, these are the guys and women, Pat, Macaruso, Sam, and pastors, all these people, they were there in the beginning, and they didn't give me any free time at all. Not because, not because they, they didn't, like, want me to go out and keep sinning or anything, but they knew the importance of making disciples. And it wasn't like when I sat down with them, they're like, PJ, sit. Here's the Bible. Read it. It was like Dwayne would take me aside and say, let's go. I got some work to do. Let's go. Um, I got to go meet this person. Let's go. And for a while, this, they thought him and I were married for a while. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, who? You know, your husband. I'm like, who was that? I'm not married. And the couple is not here who asked me that question. You knew them. The, the, um, shorter. Anyway, a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, this is what I'm talking about, how important our church is in making disciples and mentoring. We're not perfect. None of them, none of them are perfect. But yet, as we become um, members in the church, as we grow together, we, we're not trying to control anybody's life. I think God, we give God the control. He'll, he'll just change you slowly. When I first came to church, I had holy pants, jeans, Levi's. I thought that was the coolest thing. I walk in, and the first look I got from Nali was like, those are holy. I go, I know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and this stuff, and we're laughing about it now. Back then, I was like, how can you say bad things about me? You know, but it wasn't bad. She was saying, come on, you're coming to God's house. Dress appropriately. Honor God, you know, and, and it... it and that kind of relationship, it really builds me, and it told me, it told me in a sense that, you know what, if you're going to go out for God, don't, don't take it personally when someone come up to you and correct you. It might hurt you at first because of my pride. It hurt me at first because of my pride. That was being cool. Levi's were so in. But she was like, hey, change your ways. Dwayne, I would argue with him endlessly. And you know what, if you don't want to, actually, if you want to know stuff about the Bible, and you think you want the answer, go to Dwayne. He would let you know exactly where you should be standing in the Bible. He'll go right back to the scripture. All of them did that. We hung out late, late at night, and we were just wondering, like, I I would question, what's the difference between devil worshiping and God worshiping? We sacrificed Jesus, you know, all this stuff. And they didn't, like, they didn't look at and go, you said what? (laughs) You know, it's like, they, they, they say, let's go to scripture. Let's see what this says. It wasn't their opinion, but it was what the scripture said. You know, and, and I, I really love that about them. And if I did something bad, I'll just share real, real, real fast, okay? Two seconds. <laughs> I told you you should have a seat. <laughs> but um, I had one of my sheep, my first, uh, my, my first youth that I was supposed to mentor, and um, she was turning 21. It was awesome. Who better else to show her how to spend her 21st birthday than me? <laughs> so I took her out downtown, bought her her first drink. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> She's not here today. <laughs> but you know what? And I told these guys about it, and they're like, you did what? <laughs> I was like, who better else? I mean, I know what it's like. I'm protecting her. I mean, if she went there with her friends, it would be even worse. I'm there. I mean, I, 
I could take her home safely. But, you know, they never criticized me. They're like, you know, maybe next time you should kind of not do that because (laughs) it's giving her the wrong idea. But I I learned from that. You know, it wasn't like, you're so bad. Um, You're never going to shepherd another person again. But, in fact, they're just loving me for who I am and encouraging me with the word of God and say, let's go forward. Let's, Let's continue. And I think I'm here today because... Calmany, Howie, Dwayne, Pat, Pastor Caesar. Without them, I'm Pastor Darlow. It's really hard to stay in this church because we're all sinners. We could walk away like that, right? Because God gave us free will and we could justify everything. But God says, no, you plant your roots down deep and you keep continuing to grow. So I really thank you guys for that. I was going to ask another person to share, but I think that they are away. Anyway, you can ask him at any time. I think that many of the leaders know uh, Brother Pang. Pang is a very loving gentleman. We probably don't um, see him as often. I hear standing up here like me, but the guy and his wife, Yuki, they really love people and they desire to help people to grow and become all that God destined them to become. So if you see Brother Pang, at least you know that he is a very faithful brother and, and, and he really loves God's, God's people at least. Um, there, I'm sure there are many things... Uh, that each of us can probably say somebody at some point in time came into our life and shared something with us at a particular time in our life. And with that person coming into our life, helping us, has really helped us to become who we are today, at least. Um, I believe if a lot of you were to See, my papa, I'm not talking about my papa in heaven. I'm talking about my papa here on earth. If you were to see him, you would think that, wow, these guys have a lot in common. Because a lot that I do and practice in today came from my own dad, my, my own mom at least. They were uh, my mentors of the, uh, early on. And when I was growing up and so forth, um, I remember a fella who was one of my coaches named Melvin Russell. Uh, We called him Coach Russell. He was the first guy that told me at my sophomore year in in, uh, high school, he told me, he said, Caesar, you have all the talent that there is needed for to actually pursue a professional career. But you are not going to make it. Wow, when he told me those words, I was like, okay. <laughs> Thank you very much for those words. I appreciate that. But ultimately, when I look back, and then when it's time for me to actually walk away from basketball, the exact thing that he talked to me and told me, the reason why I wasn't going to make it is the absolute reason why I didn't make it. 
He told me at that particular time, he said, you will not make it simply because you desire other people to get it before you. And when it came down to it, that's exactly what it was. I preferred my teammates to make it before I did. And all that time, I believed that God was prepping me for to become the person I am today. See, my job in helping here at the church is to help come alongside of other people and help them to become all that God desires them to become. So I'm fulfilling exactly what God desired me to do. Simply because, And God knew it, and he knew the right people to bring into my life at the right time to mentor me and to help me to hone in the skills in my life and the ability in my life. God knew that he was calling me to the ministry of being a pastor. Therefore, he set me underneath the leadership of Pastor Lau and his wife, Pastor Da, because he wanted me to learn the skill and develop the gift that he has given me. That's what each and every one of us, the Bible tells us that the people of God, we all have gifts that God has given into our life. Now it's up to us to be able to rub shoulder with someone who would, ever, who would be able to help us to develop that gift so that we can become the people God desires to become. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 28 that God himself, he wants the whole world to know about him. And that's impossible for us to think that we at just New Hope International Church are going to reach the whole entire world. It takes people being mentored, people passing off the things of God to other people so that we can then in turn be able to accomplish in reaching the world. You notice you can see that pattern throughout the whole, uh, through, from the Old Testament unto the New. You can see that God used the Israelites and he kept telling them, he said, put the stones down. Remember to teach your children these particular principles. God was trying to help them to say, mentoring is so, so important. Now, if you want to get to specific re- mentoring relationships, we think about, Moses and Joshua. Moses took Joshua along. And at the right time, Joshua stepped in for Moses. Because Moses mentored him along the way. We also think about Paul and Timothy. Paul taking a young man like Timothy and growing him and grooming him to become all that God desired him to become. We, we hear in 2 Timothy where Paul tells Timothy that, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 uh, to 3 says, You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things you have heard from me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable men who will also be qualified to teach others. And then it goes on in verse 3. Paul shares this with Timothy simply because Paul, before this, he talks about Timothy. Make sure that you guard the good deposit that God has given you. 
guard the message of the gospel and make sure that nobody don't deviate from that. But you, Timothy, you cannot do it by yourself. Get some men who are reliable, men who are faithful, and you transmit that particular message. Everything that I've taught you, transmit to these particular men. God desires mentoring to go on because that's his kingdom needs to reach the nations of the world. And I can tell you for sure, if we can get it, we can really grab a hold of this mentoring here when we actually have the nations in this place. So we can actually be able to train and equip each other so that we can actually reach the nations for God. Some of you sitting here say, I could never mentor anyone. Yes, you could. You have abilities. You have skills in which others need. It's being able to come alongside of someone and being able to help someone to develop so that they become productive in their walk with God. We have Paul and Timothy. We also have Jesus and his disciples. Jesus discipled. He mentored his disciples. Clearly, that God wants us to have mentoring going on in the church. Today, however, we just look very quickly, because I know I have about 10 to 15 minutes. We look very quickly at a mentoring relationship and try to grab some principles from this particular relationship. We're going to go back to the Old Testament today, and we're going to look at the, rela- the mentoring relationship between Elijah and Elisha. 2 Kings, 2 Kings chapter 2 and I'll read from verse 1 to 15. 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 1 to 15. <clears throat> if you don't have your Bible, please uh, look on with your neighbor. When the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here. The Lord has sent me to Bethel. But Elisha said, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. The company of the prophets at Bethel came out to Elisha and said in Acts, Do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know, Elisha replied, but do not speak of it. Then Elisha said to him, Stay here, Elisha. The Lord has sent me to Jericho. And he replied, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went to Jericho. The company of the prophets at Jericho went up to Elisha and asked him, Do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know, he replied, but do not speak of it. Then Elisha uh, said to him, Stay here, the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. And he replied, As surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So the two of them walked walked on. Fifty men of the company of the prophets went and stood at the distance, facing the place where Elijah and Elisha had stopped at the Jordan. Elijah took his cloak, rolled it up, and struck the water with it. The water divided to the right and to the left, and the two of them crossed over on dry ground. And if you continue on, you will see that God obviously came and took Elijah and the world went up and Elijah eventually picked up his cloak, struck the water and 
the water parted and all of the prophets began to say, oh, this guy's got Elijah anointing upon him and so forth. The few things that I just wanted to point out about this particular text today. First of all, when we think about somebody like Elijah, we can see that while this guy was very impressive, he was very impressive. In fact, he was so impressive that he himself, just in a few chapters back, uh, before he confronted, obviously, Ahab and Jezebel, who were obviously very powerful at that time. Not only this, Elijah was one who confronted those, also Elijah was the one who, in whom which it, would not, it, didn't, it, it could not reign in, in Israel until Elijah spoke the word himself. Uh, God used him to also resurrect a widow's son, and he killed many false prophets. This guy was someone in whom, wow, if you were a youngster, you were aspiring to be a prophet, this is the guy in whom you wanted to follow. But I want, in Elisha, he had that privilege, obviously, of being mentored by Elijah. But I want, the first thing I want you, us to look at very, very carefully here is that we see in 1 Kings, 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 19 and 21, 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 19 to 21. So Elijah went down from there and found Elisha, son of Saphat. He was plowing with 12 yokes of oxen, and, him, and he himself was driving the 12th pair. Elijah went up to him and threw his cloak around him. Elisha then left his oxen and ran after Elijah. Let me kiss my father and mother goodbye, he said, and then I will come with you. Go back, Elijah replied. What have I done to you? So Elijah left him and went back. He took his yoke of oxen and slaughtered them. He burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat and gave it to the people, and they ate. Then he set out to follow Elijah and become his attendant. We can see clearly that Elijah went after Elijah and says to him, Elisha, come, and I want you to come. And God had told Elijah just in chapter, I mean, yeah, chapter 18 that you are to go and you are to anoint this guy, Elisha. And he is going to be the next prophet of Israel. So when we're thinking about uh, mentoring, we, also, we need to think about in whom we are going to choose. We need to, very, we need to be very specific about who we are going to choose to mentor. A great business, great businessman named Zig Ziglar. Sorry, he gives us he gives us about five areas in which we need to look at when we're thinking about who to choose to mentor. First thing that Zig Ziglar says, he said, a mentor and a mentee must share a compatible philosophy. So, in other words. He is saying, Christian should disciple Christian. You don't want a Christian discipling a non-believer because they don't have the same philosophy. So the first thing, you want them to have the same philosophy. The second thing that he says, the mentor should be one who is knowledgeable in the area about which the mentoree is seeking to learn. So Elijah 
has something that Elisha needed to learn in order to become this next great prophet for Israel. So a mentor should have a knowledge in the area in which the mentor, mentor is seeking. Thirdly, the chemistry must be good between the two. This means good communication and a positive feeling about each other. So sometimes, and I'm sure that I've been in here, uh, been in a situation where they told me or they tried to match me up with a mentor or something like that, and we just did not have good chemistry. And therefore, because we did not have good chemistry, it was very hard to learn something from that particular person, at least. I remember uh, one, of the ve- one of the very good ways that they uh, had uh, when I played basketball when they wanted to make sure that the young freshmen who were coming in were kind of fitted into the program and got comfortable and everything, they always took like a junior or a senior and matched him up with a younger freshman. And I remember this guy that they matched me up, and this guy, he was like, oh, he was like totally opposite from me. I was like quiet and reserved. This guy was loud and obnoxious. And I was like, oh man, what are they doing to me? What are they trying to do here? And he, we, we kind of did not jive at all. And then about two, about two weeks later or so, they switched me. And they gave me another guy to actually mentor me. And it worked out very well. And he helped me with my adjusting to, to college life and everything. Fourth thing, the mentor must be one who will help the mentoree uh, develop options, not make the choice for them. Sometimes when we think that when we are mentoring, especially when we are parents, sometimes when we are mentoring, we should lay the truth out there for our children and not make the choice for them. Sometimes, Sometimes even when we are mentoring people, in the congregation or we have mentoring relationships in our workplace, we always want to jump to make the choice for them. No, we should not jump make the choice for them. We should just lay the facts out there for them and pray that they will make the right choice. Because if we make the choice for them all the time, then they become so dependent on us instead of dependent on God. So we need to make sure we don't just make every decision for them, but make sure that the we help them develop options in which they have before them. And fifth, the mentor must be one who is able to communicate, I mean, commit to the mentoring relationship. If you're going to mentor someone, you must have a commitment. Mentoring takes time and commitment. Believe me, PJ was saying earlier, but I was running around with that circle of people when we were trying to get her from out of the world into the church. It took a long time to, <laughs> lots of hours with her. <laughs> Many hours with her because she was difficult. <laughs> it took five. Dwayne was, was a tough guy. He was just like, oh, but myself and Pat and Omar are a little bit softer guys. Or, you know, we kind of help with each other with that kind of situation. Mentoring, it, is, it takes time and commitment. We can see clearly that from the text here, especially when we observe verses 2, 4, and 6, we can see that Elisha, he had a commitment to his relation, mentoring relationship with Elijah. Verse 2, 
In 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 2, it says, Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here. The Lord has sent me to Bethel. But Elijah said, As surely as the Lord lives, and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. You can see, it seemed like like Elijah was trying to kick Elijah out of there. Say, hey, get away from here. But Elijah was saying, no, 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 no. I need to go with you. I am not going to leave you. Wow, I wonder how many people say that towards their mentors here in the church. Say, Pastor Caesar, no matter what, I'm not going to leave you. I'm going to stay with you. Because there's a commitment involved. This is one of the places where I believe that is sorely lacking in the body of Christ. Commitment. When we say commitment, we get afraid. We don't say, we're not afraid when it comes down to marrying a person. We say, yes, I commit to you. Same thing in our mentoring relationship. That needs to be a commitment, a strong commitment. He says, also, he says again in verse 4, Then Elijah said to him, Stay here, Elisha. The Lord has sent me to Jericho. And he replied, As surely as the Lord lives, and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went to Jericho. In verse 6, says the same thing. Elijah was very committed to that relationship. And he was not about to say bye-bye. He was very committed to that. The question is to all of us is that do we have someone in our life in whom we know that if everything go wrong, this person is committed to me? I know. If we cannot say that we have somebody like that, we need to make sure that we get somebody like that into our lives. Because mentoring relationships it demands that commitment be there. You remember the story about Ruth? You remember what she said to her mother-in-law, Naomi? When Naomi was trying to say, hey, you guys go back. God God has really uh, dealt with me, and you guys go back. Ruth, uh, Naomi's uh, obviously her husband and her sons uh, uh, died and so forth. And Ruth was one of the, the wife of her sons, at least. And she, Ruth said to Naomi in chapter 1 of uh, Ruth, verse 16, but Ruth replied, Do, don't urge me to leave you or turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people. And your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. My Lord, may the Lord deal with me, but it, but it ever so severely. If anything but death separates you and me. Amen. I believe that Ruth has learned so much from Naomi. And you know that, Paul, uh, actually, Paul tells Titus. He says to Titus, he says to him, he said, Titus, you tell the elderly ladies in the church, you tell them to look after 
the younger ladies in the church. Show them how to be a God-fearing lady. Show them how to be a good, a, a good wife. Show them how to treat your husband. Mentoring. Mentor them so that they can be all that God desires them to be. Naomi, Ruth was very committed to Naomi, in whom she had learned a lot from. And she was not going to leave her. Mentoring involves a real commitment in the relationship. Now, knowing that, knowing that, there there also comes a time where you have commitment to a particular person. But there also comes a time when we need to say, Bye-bye to that person. Look what the text says in 2 King. Look what the text says. Let's, say, let's, look, at, uh, let's look at verse 3. In verse 3, 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 3, the Bible says, The company of the prophets at Bethel came out to Elijah and asked, Do you know that your Lord is going to, that, the, that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Drop down to verse 5. Verse 5 says the same thing. They came and Eli- asked Elijah, uh, Elisha again. The company of the prophet of Jericho went up to Elisha and asked him, Do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Mentoring not only takes a commitment But also we need to understand that mentoring relationships are temporal too. Here he says, he's going to be taken away from you. He's going to be taken away from you. And he's no longer going to be around. He's going to be taken away. Sometimes we need to ask ourselves, are there people in my life right now that I'm not prepared for if God takes them out of my life? Am I prepared? Have I prepared myself so that when God takes them out, believe me, I thank God that I'm living here in the north because I depend a lot on my mom and dad when advice-wise. And I can say this to all of the young people here. Don't throw your parents away. They've been through life. They've been to where you want to go. Don't throw them away. They're very good for you. They can help you, give you a lot of wisdom. So don't throw them away. I prepared myself so that when mom and dad are gone, I can still be able to go on. You remember the story of Jesus and his disciples? Jesus and his disciples. Three times, three times where his disciples ask him or say, Master, where are you going? <laughs> where are you going? Matthew, Matthew chapter 16, verse 21 and 23. Peter, from that time 
on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hand of the elders, chief priests, and teachers of the law. And that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said. This should never happen to you. Jesus turned aside. Uh, Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the things of you do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. And there's other places. He says it again. He's, he's, they ask him again, and he says the same thing again. Matthew chapter 17, verse 11 to 13. Matthew chapter 20, verse 17 and 19. Same thing. His disciples are saying, this is never. Don't leave us. And Jesus had been taking these guys and living with them because he wanted to teach them everything that he had so that they can continue it on. And he knew that his time with these guys would be gone. But what he had taught them, if they would just practice those things, keep those things going, would keep on spreading the kingdom of God and advancing the things of God. So he says, Get behind me, Satan. Wow. Let me say that to somebody. When God get ready to lift me or take me somewhere, else, somebody say, oh, pastor, don't go. I'm going to have to say, get behind me, Satan. No, they're kidding. Kidding. <laughs> kidding. All right. So there comes a time when we have to start acting on our own. And you notice that Jesus said, hey guys, you know, I must go from you. I must go from you so that you can do the work. And he says to him in John chapter 16 verse 7, but I tell you the truth, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. God has a plan. He has a purpose for all of our lives. He brings people into our lives for a specific time frame to help us to develop so that we become productive people in his kingdom. And if we allow this relationship to continue on forever and ever and ever, guess what happens? It becomes a crutch. And we begin to depend and depend on that person instead of depending more and more on God. They're brought into our life. Mentors are brought into our life again to help sharpen and hone those skills and ability in which God has given to us so that we can fulfill the destiny that God has put into our lives. Are you looking at your mentor in a sour way? Or are you looking at your mentor saying, wow, I need to learn all that I can learn from this person while they're in my life? Amen. It's a transitional element in a person's spiritual journey. To try to maintain it forever again would be like a crutch. And avoid embracing our, the call in which God has called us to. Fred Smith writes, The responsibility of the 
mentor is to be open, real, personify consistently who he is so that the young person receives a clear, consistent signal. I can guarantee you that if PJ would not have saw Dwayne being consistent in his spiritual walk, I can guarantee you she wouldn't have followed him. She would stop following him. She saw him being very real, taking, him to different, taking her to different job sites. She's one thing to say, I want to come and visit you today and go there and take the Bible and sit down. This is what the Bible says. And then bye-bye. But when you do it like they did in the time of Jesus, where they took the young disciple into the home and the disciple lived with you and saw the everyday life. It's a difference. See, now we have people like myself, uh, ones who get up and we preach to the people on Sunday, bye-bye. And you don't know jack about my life. I'm trying to keep it a little bit, a little bit culture here, okay? <laughs> Sometimes I fall back into the old street boy when I say Jack, okay? That's what that means. Not nobody here named Jack, all right? <laughs> so the goal of this mentoring relationship is that the student be able to learn through observing a more experienced mentor. Supplemented occasionally by the mentor explaining what and why he or she are doing what he or she is doing. I believe that it is critical to the growth of the kingdom of God that we really get down this understanding of mentoring that we really welcome mentors into our lives. I believe it's critical. Otherwise, we're going to come back to that same old thing in which we have believing. We only believe now today in the church that the guy who preaches is the only one that's doing the work of God. That's wrong. When Jesus, when God has given every single one of us abilities and talents and gifts to be able to serve him. Sometimes we look at this portion of the ministry as being so dynamic. No, what, 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 what's dynamic is that when I be able to help someone and I see somebody grow and become what God has wanted them to become. That's what the essence of it is. And we have young people in this place. And these are the ones in whom need older men, older women to say, hey, yes, I see something in you and I want to help come alongside of you. And I only want to know, I only want to ask two questions of you. What it is do you believe that God wants you to do? And how can I be of help? Those of you who are sitting here today and you say, yes, I believe I want to be a, a mentor of somebody, go and ask PJ, who can I mentor there? Which one of these young children, which one of these young people in whom I can mentor? 
Those of you, again, who are sitting young, older men who are sitting here, older ladies, go and ask Jonathan and Joanne, who can I mentor? Impart something in which you know. All of you, especially you who are, you are, who are older, one of the reasons why I sit around, matter of fact, Al and Elf used to be my best friend. You know why? Because Al and Elf have walked the road in which I'm going. And I used to ask them questions because I want to learn. I asked the pastor questions because I want to learn. I want to develop. I want to become all that God has desires me to become. I don't want to cheat God. I don't want to lose my calling. I want to fulfill the calling which God has given me. I believe that mentoring helps us to be able to fulfill the call in which God has called us to. I thank God that we have mentoring here at the church. And again, I believe it's one practice that we can see over and over throughout Scripture that God used to build his people and to disciple his people. You remember, I read in Matthew at the very beginning, the goal was go into the whole world and make disciples of men. You can participate in that vision in which God has given to your church by mentoring someone. If you're sitting here today and you desire to be a mentor, you need to come and see me. You come and see me and I can be able to hook you up. Somebody that's sitting here and you say, you know, I have a desire to do something and I think I have these particular skills. Can you get somebody to be able to mentor me? You need to also come and see me. But to both of those crowds of people, I would like for you to do one thing. If you are someone who desires to mentor, pull out a list And write down all the skills in which you think that you have. Someone that is desiring to learn from a mentor, pull out a piece of paper, write down all that you want to see in someone. And then it will be much more easier for me to be able to match you up with that particular person so that you can be mentored. I'd like to end right there by saying I want to express my appreciation and my thanks to many who have mentored me, who are still mentoring me. I'd like to express my thanks to them and appreciation for them. Because I believe that if God is not working through these particular people, I would not be the person that I am today. So I thank God for all of them. I'd like to thank God for my pastors, Pastor Lau and all of his work in which he's done. I definitely like to thank God, and I'm saying I'm thanking God for these particular people because I, I know that my mom and dad will listen to my preaching or whatever, so I'd like to thank God for James and Alto Prelo. I thank God for all of the many coaches. Omar was one who helped me in my growth and so forth. Uh, Pastor Kenny and his wife done a lot for me and so forth. So many who have been able, who helped me in my growth. 
appreciate it. And we should all appreciate those in whom God has brought into our life to help us. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for the opportunity to be able to share with the people of God. Lord, we pray that you would help us in all of our mentoring relationships. Father, help us to be ones who are like Elisha, who are very committed to his relationship with Elijah. Help us, Lord, to understand as well as being committed to them, but help us also to know, Lord, that there will come a time when those mentors are taken away, God, so that we can stand on our own two feet and be able to serve you and fulfill the destiny and calling in which you have called us to. Father, we also thank you for all of those who will from this day, Lord, raise up their hand to you today and say, yes, I will offer my life to be a mentor. Thank you for those who are sitting in our congregation, God, who, Lord, have been waiting for someone to come into their life to be able to help them. We pray for that. That person also would be able to receive the mentor at which you have ordained for them at this time in their walk with you, God. Father, we thank you for all of the people here today, God, and I pray that as they leave from this place today, may you bless them, God, so that they can be a blessing to their society. God, I give you thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen.